You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Free stuff is the best, but free stuff that will ignite your Valentine's Day is even better. Check this out. When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get it at 50% off. That's amazing by itself, but here's where they load on the free stuff. When you enter my exclusive code at checkout, Holly, not only do you get 50% off one item, you'll also get 10 tantalizing free items. First, for your viewing pleasure, six free movies. Next, a free mystery pack that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, free shipping. Now that's a lot of free Valentine stuff. So head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use offer code HOLLY. Again, that's H-O-L-L-Y, because without it, there will be no free Valentine stuff. That's Holly at adamandeve.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is a video on demand website that offers all of the latest and the greatest adult movies from more than 50 years of adult movie making, including films by me. Go to hotmovies.com slash bonus and enter the promo code Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, and you'll get 20 free minutes on hotmovies.com. No purchase is necessary. With special exclusive releases every month, you can always see them first at hotmovies.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Woo for Play Lube. Have you heard of Woo? Woo is the best organic, all-natural, and antibacterial lube I have ever used. It's made of virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, natural stevia and beeswax, and is totally free of chemicals and preservatives. And unlike most lubes, Woo also smells and tastes great, just like cupcake frosting. I am not kidding you. Seriously, I offer it to the actors on my sets, and we all love it. Woo is simply the best. Silky smooth, all-natural, and tastes like dessert. What more could you want? If you want to enhance your love life or just want a better lube, buy it for yourself or treat that special someone, go to Woo4Play and enter discount code HOLLY and you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's Woo4Play, W-O-O-F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com with the code HOLLY for 10% off. Get more play with Woo. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the industry and an old friend and seriously, one of the nicest girls in the industry. Like, I, everybody, nobody ever has a bad thing to say about you. Oh, that's awesome. I should probably tell you guys who this is. This is Jaden Cole. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jaden. Thank you for having me, Holly. You're welcome. You look amazing, by the way. Thank you. You look really, really good. I saw recently that you did um, a shoot with Molly Stewart. 
Yes. Which you guys, oh my God, you guys are perfect together because you're both tall, redheads, like similar body type. Totally. Yeah. Was that a great shoot? It was wonderful. She was wonderful. And Marco Rivera, the photographer, is uh-huh. great. Yeah. And yeah, it's been great. I got to shoot in Vegas. I just moved there. In right. August from LA. How are you liking it? I love it so much. Really? It's so perfect right now. I, my goal is to open a pole dance studio out there. Oh, cool. And what I found in Vegas, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. is that there aren't a lot of like pole dance studios that se- that sort of celebrate women, feminine sexuality. They're more geared towards athleticism. Yeah. Which I understand. Right. They're kind of like hashtagging not a stripper to separate themselves from the adult industry, which is silly, I know. But I understand to bring more of a mainstream perspective, people mm-hmm. that wouldn't normally be interested in that. Yeah. But since I don't want to hide from my past, I actually want to utilize it and mm-hmm. utilize my like feature dance awards as something yeah. that like will benefit the pole dance studio for I right. think Vegas is the perfect place to do that. Yeah. So I'd like to bring the sexy to the pole dance studio. Yeah. It's but. interesting. I literally just had this exact same conversation with Karen Noir on my podcast, um, where she was talking about like pole fitness and how a lot of these places want to separate themselves from like the stigma that they might be like right. a stripper studio. But I I like your idea of flipping that around and being like, hey, um, let's celebrate female sexuality and um, strippers are hot and sexy and fucking talented. Holy shit. Some of the things that you guys can do on that pole is so impressive and just yeah. beyond me. And I took a pole dancing class once and that shit's hard. I kicked your ass, huh? Oh my God. I remember my first one too, thinking I got this in the bag. I'd been yeah. feature dancing on the road and I'd just been doing yoga. I was a big yogi. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, whoa, my fucking left rib cage hurts. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. But, you know, it's very intimidating when you walk into a pole dance studio and there's an intermediate or advanced class going. You're Mm -hmm. like, are you – I'm out of here. Like, I can't. I'm out. But the beginner classes are so wonderful and you really do feel, like, super strong and sexy without – an audience, yeah. which is the most satisfying thing. Right. It was so interesting, too, because I learned, like, so many other new things, like how strippers have very specific heels right. that they get that, like, are sticky on the sides. They, like, stick to the pole and, like, yeah, you know and that, that actually, I guess, if they have a platform or, like, the higher they are, like, the easier it, it looked. It, there was this whole, like, logistical thing to stripper shoes and how you need to have, like, the perfect stripper shoes. And I was like, wow, I didn't know all of this thought went into footwear but it makes sense they're definitely designed for long shifts yeah i think yeah your podcast music by the way the intro music it's so fun i love it you do i mean you've got like such a sultry sexy picture for holly randall unfiltered so photoshopped when i hear the (laughs) (laughs) i look nothing like that i mean come on like it's right behind me and you're looking at me and you're looking at that picture i mean you gotta be like there's a little photoshop in there come on we're all photoshopped hey you know like because of the release of the iphones and the internet everyone yeah. knows we're all photoshopped Face it's not a big tune, deal i kind of like embracing like a like like the imperfections mm. i've always been a super like woman lover like mm-hmm. i always my favorite part of doing girl girl scenes is like falling in love for the day and making that girl feel like so beautiful mm-hmm. and like a million dollars yeah like the best she could possibly feel i yeah. love charming the pants off of women you figuratively char- you charm the pants off everybody and literally my but- pants are off right now 
I know you can't tell because there's a table here, but they you've charmed them off. They are gone. Your music, your music is like it reminds me of like a underground 1940s burlesque cabaret. That's what I wanted. I wanted because I was try- it was it was a struggle to find the right music. Like I didn't know okay. what I wanted. I didn't want something cheesy. Um, I kind of like what I really like is I like. Like swing dance stuff. I like um, oh, retro. I like, yeah, because I love shooting pinup and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, that makes sense for me, or like trip hop or something like ambient like that. But that's like too mellow. You want something like a little more exciting. So True. actually, my boyfriend and I went through like a lot of songs before we finally settled on that one. So it took me a while. I feel like I should walk in with like swinging tassels for my titties. Hey, no one would complain. No one would complain. <laughs> By the way, you are um, one of. Well, I fart, started in. I farted in the industry. <laughs> I, start, <laughs> I started in the industry in Playboy magazine. I, I when I was I, like eighteen, I sent my pictures. Like as soon as I, was I so remember you first when we first shot you. My yeah. mom shot you. Derek Hay sent you over, and it was like a big deal because you were in Playboy. You'd never done this before. Oh You're yes. all natural, no tattoos, redhead. I was I. Very, very clearly remember our first shoot. Absolutely. I remember. So I started with Ellie Direct, which was a great experience for me. Mm -hmm. For everything that everyone else has to say about him, I had my first year with him was wonderful. He was very respectful of like my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And he did great for me. Yeah. So it was so funny. I did Playboy. And then my first shoot ever, my first day basically was... A go see with your mom mm-hmm. at 10 a.m., yeah. which was hella nerve You know, everyone in the industry is nervous because yeah. everyone knows who your mom is. But Not anymore. Then- <laughs> Sadly. A lot of people. I actually interviewed a girl the other day. You had no idea who oh my mom was. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, you're carrying on the legacy for Thanks. sure. But then at noon, she had me do a shoot with Josh Ryan, who's a great photographer. Yeah, he is. For his website photos. And then yeah. the next week, your mom booked me for you to shoot. And I was... So nervous because doing photo shoots in Playboy or for Josh Ryan for agency mm-hmm. photos is very different than like spreading my pussy. And there yeah. was no one else who could have done a better job than you. Yeah. By Thank far. You. I remember sitting in your mo- – I was super nervous. I remember sitting in the makeup chair and Peggy was doing my makeup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. my The thoughts running through your head, mm-hmm. you don't know what to prepare for. Yeah. And – I remember being so nervous about getting on set, showing my pussy, and having like everyone on set, including you, like judging and thinking that I'm like, ew, is she really pulling her pussy out in front of all of us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we would be thinking because we've never seen that before. <laughs> Those are the crazy thoughts that you have. Of course. Well, so when it's your first time, I get yes. it. I totally get it. And so I'm sitting in the makeup chair, all nervous. Peggy's so cute and sweet. She was like, oh, I hate, you know, I have to f- cover up your freckles. I still feel so bad. They're so cute. And I was like, okay, that eased me a little bit. And then she goes, so is there another girl coming or is it just boy girl? And I go, whoa, what? <laughs> Easy. I am not having sex with anyone today. This is going to be just me. Relax, lady. <laughs> so nervous. I feel like, were you, did you go have a go see with Stephen Hicks like the same day or right after that or Maybe. around that time? Okay. Cause I think what happened was, and this would always get my mom, the best way to get you to get my mom to book you was either to say you rode horses or to say that you were going to go see Stephen Hicks right afterwards. (laughs) 
And then she would book you like on the spot because she was so competitive, especially I, with Stephen Hicks. That's so funny. I don't think I did around that time, but I did ride horses. Yeah. I do I do hunter jumper since Derek I was might have just like dropped that little nugget because he that's knows so my mom. Funny. He might have been like, oh, well, you know, Stephen Hicks is also interested in seeing her. My mom would have been like, what? No, she's going to shoot with me. I'm going to book her right away. Like, we're going to get that pussy first. Yeah, God, that's, she was so like that. It was very funny. That's great. I actually, um, I brought up your mom, but we'll get into that at the end. It yeah. kind of ties into what we'll get into okay. later on. But I did want to say, you know, I was nervous about getting into the industry and wasn't sure how I was going to feel about getting naked in front of sh- right, right, people. Right, right. So what I did with Ellie Direct and Derek is I came to him saying, look, I've done Playboy. I would like to do some more. In the back of my head, I always kind of saw myself as a girl-girl performer. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like, if this goes well, I could see myself doing that and pursuing yeah. it. I had two jobs, bartending and waitressing, mm-hmm. and I was getting like eight shifts a week. So I told Derek, I'll give you two days a week. I lived in Long Beach, mm-hmm. you know, like still live in beach bone life, but yeah. I thought that coming up to LA wouldn't be a problem two days a week. Right. So I started to see if I would like it. And then I got booked into a penthouse and your mom booked me and it was just going so well. Mm-hmm. And I was getting to know people regularly in the industry right. every Tuesday and Friday. So right. slowly I quit one job, wasn't financially dependent on it still. Mm-hmm. But then slowly after, like, I think it took like four or five months before I finally quit my last job. Yeah. Just to make sure that it was something I was going to be able to pursue mm-hmm. and not be shot out. Yeah. I think that's super important imperative for women that are even considering webcamming or anything like that is yeah. to try to incorporate it a little bit into your life and taking your time is key even if you see yourself as like a huge boy girl performer mm-hmm. It's so important whether you're ready to do boy girl for the consequences of that or not to mm-hmm. take your time and really try to incorporate it into a life that you've already established for yourself. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you don't end up doing something that you regret because you can't take it back. Exactly. Once it's on the internet. And, and I think for you, you know, knowing that you weren't going to, because you've still never done boy girl, right? No. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it would work for me. Which is which is great and which is fair, but a lot of girls can't hold on to just being girl girl performers for as career as long as you have. I mean, you've done an incredible job. Like, you know, I was thinking about like there's very few girls who have stuck to only doing girl girl yeah. and have been able to be successful at it. Like you, Georgia Jones, Jenna Sativa. Yeah. Like there's there's a small Vanessa Veracruz. Like there's a small pool of you guys. Yes. Um, but that's great, you know, that you were able to continue to do what you were comfortable with and still make a living at it. Right. And also, too, when you started, things were different. There was no, like, social media There's wasn't no the beast that it is now. Right. There wasn't a private Snapchat. There wasn't OnlyFans. There wasn't, yes. like, all camming. wasn't a big thing. No, there, it wasn't. No. It was kind of taboo. To yeah. To be like, oh, you're a model from L.A. Why are you getting in front yeah. of camp? It was kind of a weird stigma, but then it, w- it went away pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so you were weren't able to like be as independent as you can be now. So things were different when you started. You had to be really careful. Yeah, I really really hustled and made sure that the producers and agents that would book were constantly aware of my dates and like, Mm -hmm. you know, I send Christmas cards and do all the (laughs) things that like a freelance business owner would do. Right, right, right. So, but I also talked to my parents. That was the most important thing because we're really close and Mm -hmm. they were together the whole time I was growing up. They Mm -hmm. didn't split till they were empty nesters like Mm -hmm. very recently. So, 
they were like, just follow your heart, but also know that everything you do is going to be permanent. So weigh that decision carefully. And with boys, like, I've never been promiscuous with men. Mm -hmm. I've had casual sex before. It's not for me, Mm -hmm. especially now that I'm in this industry. Oh, my God. Talk about being like a fucking nothing more than a trophy. You know, yeah. so it's like it works for me. It works yeah. for me to just do girl, girl and like yeah. being promiscuous with boys. I always said if I did a boy, girl scene and he like got up to leave before he said goodbye, I would just be like, why don't you stay here and love me for five minutes or at least <laughs> pretend to? I need to be cuddled. What do you mean you're not going to take me out to dinner? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah I'm just not equipped and I'm like I have like a shallow vagina so I would be like <laughs> I remember who is it Derek Pierce was like oh god you'd be one of those no doggy girls <laughs> I'd be like here I have some other ideas about how we can do this where the dick isn't all the way in me <laughs> like I'd be terrible oh my god I try to make it work but that really true. is a thing huh oh I believe what I've learned in porn is that the more petite the girl the bigger dicks she can take yeah and the taller girls all of them are kind of shallow the shallow vaginas <laughs> interesting yeah huh even Jaden james she was all about the interracial but she was like i can't take the whole thing she like a really small <laughs> vagina i was like how is jenna hayes taking like mandingo in the ass and like you <laughs> some of these girls man the way that they can stretch their holes out i don't know how they do oh my I, god very impressive it's a gift it, it is it's a natural gift it is a gift it you either gift. have it or you don't <laughs> right you have the ability to have casual sex without emotions or you don't yeah you know not one's better than the other right at right. all yeah everybody's different mm-hmm. definitely so um so you did your first shoot with us oh yeah and that was amazing those pictures are still like so great, so great. i did the photos of you in that red jeep i can't remember whose jeep yeah. that was <laughs> It was someone's Jeep. It was like a friend's Jeep or like a neighbor's Jeep or something Someone's like that. rolling around with a Jeep from like a while, a few years back with my sweat and probably some makeup smeared all over it. That's all right. They, <laughs> they treasured that. They saved it. <laughs> and so then odd. you, um, and then where'd you go from there? Like, how did your career kind of go from there? What have you, how long has it been actually? It's been a while. Yeah. How long has it been since I you've been in the like industry? Eight or nine years permanent solid. Okay. Yeah. But I started feature dancing. Mm. when I got the penthouse pet title and that was like I loved it I loved it so much what do you love about feature dance I love the travel Mm -hmm. I love that I kind of get to be in my own world for a hotel for a few days but I also love all that goes into it you're really it's sort of like how women enjoy the snapchat Mm -hmm. and the OnlyFans and taking control I you put a whole show together you have to entertain people yeah and you have to kind of it takes a certain type of intelligence to navigate this industry yeah but especially different facets of it now you gotta break down because charming people in the feature dance industry is different than charming people than building a good rapport with people in porn Mm -hmm. you know shooting is different than being on the road and dealing with Club managers, club owners, yeah. the girls that work in the club, and the yeah. customers that work in the club. Right. So on top of being able to, you have to be a good performer right. and a good showgirl, but right. you also have to know how to navigate being exhausted off, you know, because you have a 6 a.m. flight. And I always make sure that no matter how tired or like kind of like in a bad mood I get off the plane, I force myself to whoever the driver is, if he's just a nobody, like if he's just a 
cashier at the mm-hmm. club, but they're having him pick me up at the airport or the owner, I make sure to look them in the eye, shake their hand, be like, how's it going? Thank you so much for picking me up and having me. Mm. I'm really happy to be here. And that sets the tone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. It always does. Because they're kind of, you got to understand, when you come to a different town and they've been looking at your poster and seeing your advertisements all over, they can't wait to see what you're about. They're either yeah. going to hate you or love you. Yeah. You got to make that make that impression for yourself. Yeah. You, nobody's going to help you out with that. Yeah. You can be cranky and you still have to make a good impression on everyone, especially the girls. They're waiting to see if you suck, if you're a bitch. It's a whole different world. Huh? Yes, but you got to like, I like playing it up and it mm-hmm. puts me in a good mood and it sets the tone to just like smile at everyone in the club, even if they're not smiling back. Mm-hmm. And then um, rarely do I get like any kind of bitterness from a club experience. It's been really fun. I've well, been you've always, incredible. you've always like, honestly, you're always so gracious and you're always in a great mood and you're always grateful and you're just like you have a really positive vibe and energy about you always i've never seen you and been like "Ooh, what's wrong with her like you know what i mean like (laughs) you're all you're just one of those kinds of people and i think people really gravitate towards that yeah i I think so too i get a lot of rebookings you know what i mean and that means a lot to me Mm -hmm. but i am i'm super positive but being positive doesn't mean that you don't have bad days it just means that you know better ones are coming right and you know how to kind of stop and reset and check mm-hmm. yourself and make sure that you're going about this in a way that you're not going to regret right, everything. Right. I mean, you're with your interactions with people. Right, right, You know, because right. travel is not for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my boyfriend was actually, when I told him that you were going to be on the show, he was like, man, I follow her on, uh, I think he follows you on Instagram what? or something like that. Shut up. You know, after he met you at Danny's wedding. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know how she does it. All she does is travel all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, she must be so exhausted. She's just yeah. always in a different state. And he was like so impressed by, so cool. you know, how you were able to to manage all of that. And yeah. I was like, I'm sure she's got like a system down. But yeah, I personally couldn't do that. Like, I really like to be in one place. You know, right. I like to be home. I don't like to, tra- I mean, I like to travel like for fun. Of but course. I don't particularly enjoy traveling for work. Yeah. It's it a lot. takes a lot. It does yeah. take a lot out of you. And I know there are definitely girls that can sit at home on Snapchat and make more money doing Mm -hmm. that, but that's just not where I'm at right now. Right. I enjoy it. And eventually, of course, I'm going to want to slow down. I want to be done with this business before it's done with me. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. I know exactly. Not done with the business, but you know what I mean. Yeah. At least starting to like have a little bit more of a home base Mm -hmm. business with Mm -hmm. the pole dance studio. Like, I think that'll be a really good thing for me. Yeah. So what else is going on in your life? So you're feature dancing a lot. Um, right. You're thinking about opening up a pole fitness studio. Yes. You're living in Vegas. Yeah, I just moved to Vegas. Uh, my mom lives in Arizona. My mom and brother, so I'm there back and forth a lot mm-hmm. because they like to watch my dog. Aww. They really like watching my dog. So what I'm very fortunate that I have that. It's, I have a Yorkie, but mm-hmm. I found him at a no-kill animal shelter online one time. Aww. And so he, when he was a puppy and he has his full tail and everything. So I don't know who the fuck would give up a three month old Yorkie and not try to get like 500 bucks out of him. Yeah. So I hit up the shelter immediately. I was like, what do I got to do to get you guys to not give that dog away? Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. Like I'm coming to get this little dog. Were there other perfect. people that wanted it? I guess not. Wow. I can't believe it. Yeah. Even like. Who doesn't try to get money off of a purebred Yorkie like that? He's the best little dog. I got so lucky. Some things are just like super meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I want to get into my personal life a little bit because I want as positive, sex positive as an experience that I've had, 
I definitely at a young age, I didn't have sex till I was like 19, mm-hmm. actually. Not that I wasn't comfortable showing my body in Playboy right. when I was 18. But Wait, having, you were still a virgin when you did Playboy? Um, No, I wasn't a virgin when I did Playboy, but I hadn't had sex yet when I was taking nude photographs of myself and sending them to Playboy. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, what a weirdo. Like, looking back, I'm like, what a weird child. But I think at the time, I was just, to be honest, I was self-aware enough to know that having sex with a dude and the way that dude, like 19-year-old dudes are treating their girls, yeah. I had a lot of guy friends. And that always keeps me from, <laughs> saves me from certain situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt like um, I wasn't going to be ready to handle the emotions of that. Mm-hmm. So I had my first boyfriend when I was like 20 and to 22. And then I had, my last relationship was when I first got in the industry with someone that was behind the scenes. But um, so we split up when like, Probably like eight years ago or nine years okay. ago. And that was my last breakup. Wow. But I've been focused. It's so much fun. Yeah. I got the travel and the yeah. suitcases. And the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to work out in between and keep it all like looking good. Yeah. So I've been busy and not really. And when you have a supportive family, you're very fulfilled. You don't feel like you need anybody else's approval. That's, yes, I, I hear you. Um, I also am very close to my family. And, um, you know, I've been single for lengths of, of time and I didn't feel... Like alone you were missing anything? I was missing anything. Nope. If anything, I kind of enjoyed it because I was able to do whatever I wanted. More time to see my friends. More time yes. to focus on my career. And yeah, no, I never felt lonely. No, I didn't so. either. And so, um, did you? Did it ever like affect you getting into relationships? Like what you do? No. No, but I think there's a big difference between working in front of the camera and behind the camera. Right. I find that even for. But And I only ask you that because I find a lot of, like, I have a solid group of guy friends that are in and out of the industry. Yeah. And the ones that are in the industry, I think they almost have it as hard as us performers. Oh, no, for sure. Because there's a huge huge difference between guys and girls. Totally. Like, guys have a really hard time because girls innately tend to be, like, more jealous and more. And also, too, like... You know, they're usually not as accepting uh, about porn as guys are. Guys will be like, oh, you work in the porn industry? That's cool. Like, yeah, all the reactions I've ever gotten has been like, oh, that's so cool. Like, dope, you know? (laughs) If anything, it's almost like the opposite. Like, oh, introduce me to all the porn stars and do you go to like orgy parties and can I come? I'm like, no, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. But where girls, like, they tend to not like the idea of their boyfriend being around, (sighs) a bunch of like naked girls all the time. Um, I mean, who wants to like see their boyfriend off and pack his lunch for him? when he's going to go shove a camera up some beautiful girl's ass. Right, right, exactly. So, and I think maybe there's more of a trust issue there, oh. but I've never I've never had a problem with it. Oh my god. And my current, you know, boyfriend doesn't He's wonderful. Yeah, he's awesome. He doesn't care at all. And, I mean, you know, obviously, he, he follows me on Instagram. He obviously has it together. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's doing. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's very and he's very secure. I mean, my my ex-husband I think could be a little bit insecure. I mean, he definitely had nothing against me, against what I did for a living, and he would even help me out sometimes. But um, I, I could see him being sometimes a little bit insecure about the male performers. But um, right. my my current man doesn't. No? He's not. He's well. Not I've also never been with a male performer. Yeah. So I don't, like, have a pattern of sleeping yeah, with talent. You I've never I, been with talent before. You and I just flirt. Yeah. With the boys. Yeah. I think we both kind of enjoy the flirting part. Yeah. I'm a flirtatious girl by nature, but also too, like, I really want the guys to feel comfortable and to feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to like kind of hype them up a little bit. Yeah. Your, your mom was, is the best hype man of all industry. 
She loves like cheer- playing cheerleader. Probably, yeah, she would always like whenever she was ready for the guy to come on the scene, she'd be like, "Okay, penis." <laughs> That's what she would say, and that would mean That's that the great. guy she was ready for the guy to come in and start. ready for the penis to come in. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break, um, and we'll be right Sorry. back. All right. <laughs> Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Care of. It's always challenging trying to keep up with New Year's resolutions. This year, make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care Of monthly subscription vitamin service. Whether you're focused on glowing skin, boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, or generally being healthy, Care Of makes it easy to stick to your health-related resolutions. With my busy schedule, it can be difficult to eat right all the time and get the nutrition I need to work the long days on set and stay healthy. That's where Care Of comes in. They have a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices, and it only takes five minutes. I took the quiz myself and Care Of designed me a custom regimen specifically tailored for my individual vitamin needs. I love that it even addressed my issues with energy and sleep. My personalized vitamins were delivered right to my home and neatly organized into little easy remember packets. I can just slip one in my purse and I'm off. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, Care Of has that covered with plenty of options available for all your dietary needs. To get your own personalized Care Of subscription box conveniently delivered right to your door and to take advantage of this month's special New Year offer of 50% off your first month, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter HOLLY50. That's TakeCareOf.com and save 50% on your first month with my code HOLLY50. Trust me, you guys will not regret it. I absolutely love this service. I live by it. I'm not just saying that. Give it a shot. Okay, so back to the podcast. But so it's been about eight, like, oh shit, it's 2019 now. God, these years just swing by, huh? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm aware that like I need to start like prepping myself for the transition to not performing anymore. Um, But I did. So I fell in love for the first time over the summer. Oh. In June, it was so nice. I would you I, guys meet? We met in New York on a podcast. Okay, I might have you edit that out. <laughs> it's gonna be easy. To, <laughs> no, you know, so I'm just kidding. But um, he was so supportive of my work. Mm-hmm. He was super supportive to the point where he was even writing emails for me, helping mm-hmm. me compose emails as Jade and Cole, and things were going really well. I never felt so loved and cared for. Like my guard could not have been more down. Mm. I could have not. I could not have been more open to this. And you and you had waited for eight years. That's so why I thought wasn't I <laughs> like you. You you probably thought like finally. I got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got obviously. I know what I'm doing. I've right. been working like self loving for so long. Mm. I'm ready to share a little bit of it with someone. It's time. Yes. And so we planned a trip to Costa Rica in November, and November was Exotica. I was supposed to go to um, his house afterwards. Mm-hmm. So we would plan these trips together. We'd spend like a week to 10 days together, mm-hmm. and it was just like straight honeymooning. Mm-hmm. And then— Did, did you guys live by—is he bi-coastal? Like he was mm-hmm. on the other side? Okay. Basically, yes. Okay, gotcha. And so— um, then it was time in October, which is pretty quick. Like to be on, looking back, no one should really have this much access to your emotions in this short period of time. Yeah, we'll have to earn it. Yeah, you know, and it's not 
easily earned just having like a mostly phone relationship yeah long distance that's what happened with my ex-husband we just yeah he was long distance yeah he was from england right but i didn't realize that like he wasn't living no No, we like fell in love over a whirlwind trip to scotland and then um and then we had a long distance relationship for a year and then we got married so that he could move to la and we could start a, a relationship and then then, then it was. Right. Then, then it didn't work. Oh, <laughs> Once we were actually like living together, I mean, because then that's when you really get to know somebody. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But anyways, go on. This is about you, not about me. Oh no, it's <laughs> it's about both of us, Holly. I think the fans agree. But um, so I went in October. He was going to introduce me to his extended family, mm-hmm. and so extended family. Had you already met his? Non-extended family, no. like the parents? Oh, no, just friends. Okay, they, so he was going to introduce you to like yes. his whole family. Okay, yes, gotcha. and he was a little nervous about how to navigate what I do. So we like mm-hmm. have we had great communication, so we were open and honest about how we would feel. And to be honest, he took I let him take the lead in a lot of aspects of our relationship, and I liked that. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed having to take a break from being in control all the time. Mm-hmm. And he... um it's definitely sort of like a masculine, like a little overbearing kind of OCD, anxiety-ridden kind of guy. And I had a really soothing effect on him. So I loved that. As a woman, you want to have like a, a nurturing effect on your man. And he liked that he was kind of like taking charge in a lot of aspects and, you know, helping me out with this and helping me out with banking and things yeah. like that. And like to feel uh, that they're useful. Same with women in different ways, nurturing. So it was definitely like, I'm not sure how much of that was unhealthy, but we went to go meet the family and he was like, I don't want to tell them right away. Are you okay with this? Like if I just say you're kind of like a stripper playboy something and basically Mm -hmm. pole dance instructor. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, of course. We don't have to break it to him all at once. Right. So we went and I totally opened my heart and home like – They opened their home to me. I opened my heart to them. We all had a wonderful weekend. It was like an engagement party weekend. So much fun with their family. And then we both went, took separate planes home on Monday. Mm -hmm. This is the Monday before Halloween, before Exotica. And we both went home. Everything was fine. I was going to Disneyland on Halloween, which I really appreciate him letting me enjoy Disneyland and not dumping me before because he was already, he had gotten on the plane Monday and I guess... This family member that he had mentioned that we had spent some time with, he mentioned to me that she was sexually abusive towards him in his childhood. Oh, he wow. mentioned that to me twice. Okay, she googled my first and last real name with the word porn behind it, looked up images. Okay, and, the first and she thing, only and she did that because she knew that you'd been in Playboy and you danced. I'm not sure because she otherwise, said, why she would she like, attach porn to that? Exactly. She That's said weird. she just felt like I felt like it was weird too, but apparently I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's just like, That's not weird. I'm like, it's weird that someone would like meet someone and then attack but whatever. Unless she recognized you. That's what I mean. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't just randomly meet someone and be like, I'm going to look that person up and I'm going to put porn at the you end know, of she it. She said that she felt, or he told me that she said she had a feeling like something was up, something wasn't right. And I go, yeah, you were happy for the first time she's seen you, you happy. come off like a porn star. You don't look like a porn star. You I don't know. act like a, I mean, I don't know what, like what a porn star, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't have huge inflated lips. You, like what people would assume would be a uh, stereotypical porn star is what I should say. 100%. Um, you don't like, 
Yes. You don't have bleach blonde hair. You don't have huge right. lips. You don't have I'm not the stereotype face. for sure. Yeah. I can so, walk in the grocery store and You look like a normal girl. Yeah. I am a normal girl. I live a pretty boring. The coolest part about me is that I do porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the coolest, most exciting, interesting part about me. Yeah. That makes no sense. Someone's so it was, lying. It was weird. Yeah. I know that like the brothers already knew because he kind of told me that he was kind of like told me about them in the beginning. So yeah. I thought everybody else kind of knew they were just keeping it from like this other family member. Mm-hmm. And so he freaked out, of course, understandably. And then he was like, I need to talk to you. And this was November 1st when at 6 a.m. I woke up because I had a noon flight to go to New Jersey for Exotica. I was going to go stay with him for a week afterwards. So I was planning this whole week to – I had my flight didn't leave for a week from New York. Can I ask you just real quick before you go on, what did she find on you when she Googled you? So she Googled my first and last real name with the word porn behind it, and she Google image searched it. Okay. And what happens is there's that anti-porn site that came out in like 2011 – I'm like, which one? Do you, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I thought there would be more of this. This is one of the things that I weighed carefully before I got in the industry mm-hmm. was like, there's going to be anti-porn websites that are going to try to exploit every little aspect of you. But yeah. if the worst thing I'm doing is like a bondage scene, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So she felt, so the first picture you see is like the kink.com fucking machines picture. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah kink.com <laughs> intense. And I honestly... I had a great experience. Yeah. No, everyone I know who's worked for Kink has always had glowing reviews about them. They said they're really great at respecting boundaries, really great at communication, and everybody's always had a wonderful time. Yep. But, I mean, it's it's some pretty hardcore BDSM, and they're very Definitely. good at making it look Like it's really even harder. Into, yeah, really intense. Yes. Yes. So it's, hey, I can't, it's not, it's out of my control what you're going to find if right. you're looking up my, if you're digging. Yeah. You know, so, but it's also out of my control, their reaction. Right. I've never been around people or spent time with them and had the, and left and had them think like, ew, like she does porn. That's disgusting. I've always had them be like, oh, she does porn. How fucking cool is she? Like, like it's always been a positive response from my parents, friends that have known me since I was three years old. Mm -hmm. They're all just like, oh, she's happy, healthy, financially independent, not harming herself or others. How wonderful that she's so happy and, and can lead such a healthy life. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's all I've, my experience has been. And I know this isn't true for everyone. Yeah. I don't have a history of like mental illness or trauma either mm-hmm. to bring to the table. So that I, so I couldn't have been less guarded. Yeah. I don't view the world as like, oh, these people are going to maybe find something out of or a mm-hmm. picture. I'm not walking around with this paranoia. Cause you're comfortable with yourself and what you do. It's been a really positive experience and I'm yeah. really happy with the life that I've been able to provide for myself. Right. And the freedoms that come along with it. Right, right, right. So it's out of my hands. All I can control is my reaction. They freaked out. And the worst part, Holly, was when he told me that what they said. The worst part that I've had a hard time, like, getting out of my head mm-hmm. is when they apparently they were like, we don't get it. She was the sweetest girl. And I was like, oh, yeah. as if what? Yeah. As if, like, what? Like, sweet girl, like, horrible people. Only horrible people do porn. Get naked yeah. in front of 
Like, what the fuck? You, you must be, if you're in porn, you must be a horrible person. You must be damaged. You must be crazy. You must be on drugs. You must be all of these negative things. Because God forbid a woman would never make a conscious decision to sexually express herself on camera for everybody else to see. There must be something wrong with her. Right. I mean, the men, of course, you know, we don't, the men are fine because men can make their own decisions and we trust that. But women are fragile things <laughs> and they're always victims of circumstance and uh, there's no way that a woman uh, made that own decision of her own volition. It's crazy. Yeah, I've never been around people who've had that viewpoint. I knew they were kind of like old school, like old fashioned, like their girlfriend, like they do coke behind their girlfriend's backs and get blowjobs in strip clubs. They were all joking about it behind their girlfriend's backs with them. Just like, yeah, whatever, typical old school guys. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just didn't think anything of it. I thought, like, everybody knows this is fine. So apparently they freaked out. But that part really got to me. I've just never been around people that were just like, oh. Um, you know, I I never expected a website like that or pictures like that to be passed. I never expected to fall in love and have my man's family passing around this website as if I should be defined by it. Yeah. After meeting me, I've never had people sort of that had that feeling of people looking around at at their phones like, ew, like what the fuck is this? This is shocking and disturbing. I'm like, but you got to know the real me. Right. Like that sweet girl, like that is me. That That is is who who I am. Yeah, that's just your job. Yes. And it's terrible. You know, and this is like, an experience that is just so much bigger because so many so many people in the porn industry um, deal with this all the time, and it's and it's a real shame. I I was nervous to open up to because you know I had to go to Exotica, mm-hmm. I had to go get my nails and go to the gym, and he broke up with me. He was like, I can't do this anymore while you're active in porn. I, the trip is canceled. You can't come here. I'll get you your money back for the flights to Costa Rica. Like, this, I can't do this. And clearly his decision about this was based on his family's reaction because he already knew. It's not like you lied to him. He knew exactly what you did for a living. He always made sure that I knew that I was nothing but, support, like, loving and honest with him. He was like, this is not your fault. I wasn't honest with you. I wasn't honest with myself. It was a combination of factors, I mm-hmm. believe, transference being the main one. Yeah. But also, like, the fact that I think he was a little emasculated, by where I'm at in life, he wasn't exactly where he wanted to be financially or career-wise. Right, right. That combined with, like, past traumas that – now, I understand that normally or at times female performers in the industry have had a past of trauma, and I'm not, like, discounting that. Right. I haven't. I'm in the adult industry, and this was my experience dealing with someone that had outside the industry that had past trauma and right. sexual abuse or whatever. Right. Which is crazy because, you know, when you – make the assumption that all women in the adult industry are abused or have a history of that. You're not really offending us. You're what you're doing is sort of making all women who have who are not in the industry, who've never taken their clothes off for money, right. feel like the world is looking at them like they're some kind of whore. Yeah. It's degrading to women who aren't in the industry to assume that all women in the industry have been abused. Right. Well, be, there's I mean there the 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 fact is, is there's a lot of women in general who've been exactly abused, who've been abused. But if you decide to then enter the sex industry after that, 
you know, that's got to be some kind of negative reflection on your past, not without. 100%. I mean, I'm not a psychologist and there's so many people that will argue absolutely both sides. But I think that, you know, we're starting to see now that women especially have more of a voice um, in the adult industry and outside of the adult industry, I'm hoping that people are starting to accept the fact that, you know, all different kinds of women um, can come into the sex industry and make the choice to be in the sex industry for all different kinds of reasons. And it doesn't have to be because it was your only option. You were abused. You don't know what else to do with your life. And that certainly happens. Right. There's certainly women that fall into that category. But that doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of women who don't fall into that category. And there's also women that I've spoken to who have had a traumatic past who have actually – porn has helped them um, become independent and they've learned to like heal – through yeah. their time in the adult industry, it's been a safe place for them to right. express themselves, to rediscover who they are sexually, to to find themselves. So, like everybody can have a different experience right. in this industry. If you do, if you go about it the right way financially, you can afford yoga therapy and Whole Foods diet. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, dude! I can afford to eat at Whole Foods every week now." Like I when I first got in, I was so excited to be like eating organic. <laughs> No, this was like a textbook case of projection because also he had told me in the past he had had relationships with women that caught him watching porn Mm. and were like horrified and disgusted that he was watching porn. Yeah. So he has a lot of shame associated with sexuality and porn in general. Mm -hmm. And obviously this family does too. I mean, what this all boils down to is shame based around sex. Projection. And the thing is, is that no one can shame you but you. Of course, I was betrayed, humiliated, mm-hmm. that, and hurt as hell. Mm-hmm. But it was like two separate traumas I was kind of experiencing. Because this right. guy went from my best friend, <laughs> I was the one. Yeah. And then three days later, he became a monster that just flipped my whole world upside down yeah. in a really harsh way. Yeah. This, you was, know? this was when? In November before Exotica. <laughs> and you have you guys spoken since then? Um, we've emailed. He was really hard on me the first few weeks. He was definitely trying to block me out, and I was trying to get a better understanding, trying to piece it all together. Mm-hmm. He was being nasty. He was like, you, you go back to that world that you love so much. My family's not didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything that anybody that cared about me wouldn't do and Google my girlfriend's thing. I was just like, <sighs> whoa, so dude. Because it's such a 180 from where he was at so, before so his family found out. Like it's Again, it's like he's acting like you lied to him, and he exactly. found out Honey, you did me as if I did, but then also constantly reminding me, even in those nasty emails at the end, he'd be like, I'm sorry, I didn't handle this correctly. You were nothing but supportive and loving. It's just not, this is, this is just grosses me out and not for you. I was like, and then he started posting pictures with him having fun with other women on his Instagram <sighs> just to like twist the knife that was already stabbed in my heart, I guess, <sighs> just for fun. I don't know. But anyway, he was doing that. And I remember, in our final email, he really apologized and took accountability. But even in that email, he was like, I don't want to see your porn posts any more than you want to see me taking having fun with other women. I go, that would be as if throughout our relationship, I was encouraging you to post pictures with other women. Even in our last trip to see his family, he was like, go over there and take your pictures for your website. It's perfect. This lighting is perfect. He was helping me out and encouraging me every way. 
I would also like to point out the fact that you pointing, posting your porn posts is work. Oh, I know. Okay? This is your career. This is your work, which you established and he knew you were doing. Him posting pictures of himself having fun with other girls is his deliberate attempt to make you feel bad. They're two entirely different things. Subconsciously, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I know. I know. It was just horrible. I mean, look. Look. We've all done it. I've done that, too, where I've broken up with a guy and I'm like, oh, really? And then I'll, like, post pictures to, like, right. we all do it, that passive-aggressive thing. Like, it's so Human clear. Nature. Yeah. It's so clear that that's what he's doing. Yeah. And then there, like, I remember him having, saying, like, in one of the nasty emails, he was like, how do you think it felt when my brothers looked you up, looked up their older brother's girlfriend, and she's advertising her rubber vagina? <laughs> if I went out and, and bought I it. Remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, that rubber vagina is a fucking honor. Do you know like <laughs> what kind of status you have to reach in this industry to have a major... In fact, I don't even think... How many other only girl performers have like a real legit from Fleshlight or Pornstar Stroker, one of the main stroker companies? Yeah. That's the equivalent of an NBA player getting his own shoe line. <laughs> Not everybody gets that shit. That's top-notch shit. That is absolutely like, I'm fucking proud true. of the rubber vagina. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the paychecks. I, like, come on. They're business people. You don't understand this? This oh is like just God. an aspect. And then also, um, this is the uh, other ironic thing. Now, I know he's trouble, and, you know, it made me feel good as a woman to be, like, the nurturing, calm effect. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure this played into it. But he was like, I respect all- – he shit on my whole life and everybody in it. He was like, you are being in a damaging, toxic environment at work, and, like, everybody that's supporting you is just exploiting you. I don't want to support anyone who's a part of the exploitation of women. I respect all women. I was raised by women. I love women. That may be true on the surface, but here's an interesting point. When we first were discussing our first trip together and we were going to hook up, I made him wear condoms. Yeah. The second trip, you know, we're talking every day. We're getting to know each other and trusting a little bit more. And so he expressed his desire to not use condoms. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to go. I'm going to send you to the talent testing draw station so you can get on board with, like, our testing procedures that I trust so much. Right. And so he got tested and he was like, I have been um, I have been vaccinated for HPV, like all the nine major mm-hmm. um, ones. And I have been since it first came out. Right. And I got tested like once a year. My gyno just does the HPV test just because I'm hella paranoid about right, it because right, it right. can cause cervical cancer yes. in women, which is a slow and painful death. Right. right. He has one of the vi- one of the HPV strains that causes cervical cancer in women. So he was, we were talking about this and he goes, man, I'm so into you. If it were any other girl, I would be like, just take the dick or don't. Now, respecting all women <laughs> wow. to me is not exposing them carelessly to the virus that causes cervical cancer. But his idea of respect is as long as they're doing what he thinks is okay and acceptable. Right. Wow. That's crazy. I know. It's so sad that I fell for someone like that. Like, I'm so stupid. And the reason, when I went to Exotica, yeah. I had to be open with people in the industry because, I, I I, mean, I can't fake a smile all weekend. Yeah, I can't yeah. while I'm on the floor. And I need to honor my commitments. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally, like, capable of that. Right. So when I was telling people outside the industry... um, I remember Lisa Ann did a, and I did a panel and after the panel she's like, "You staying with your dude for the next few days in New York after this?" I'll go, 
he just broke up with me. I don't really have a place to stay in New York for the next few days. She goes, what are you going to do? I'm like, haven't figured that out yet. I'm just trying to get through the next few hours and then I'll take it one moment at a time. But, you know, Danny Daniels and her husband took really good care of me. Everyone was so wonderful. I was scared to open up about it because for any reason anyone's scared to open up about anything, you're afraid that people aren't going to grasp the depth of how much this is affecting me and like how traumatic this is. Of course. So opening up, oh, everyone was showed me nothing but compassion and love and support, mm-hmm. like true support. And they all kind of had their own version of this story, to be honest. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, they just all had their own version of the story. I was really open and everyone was supportive. However, uh, November went by. He was, he was oh, the email exchange was brutal. I was just being trying to be like, I don't think it's unreasonable. My point was just, I love you. That doesn't just go away. I don't think it's unreasonable for me to have wanted this to go differently. Yeah. Like it was your family. I was going to go, well, I didn't want to lie, but like, do I want to get sexually harassed in an Uber? No. So sometimes I lie about it before yeah. I get to know someone. Yeah. So I understood and I was going to support whatever he wanted to do because it's not my family. It's right. his family. You figured that he would know Handle how to it. break it to them. Right. He was handling – I let him take the lead in a lot and I wish I should – I should have pushed being honest first. It's funny because my boyfriend's family like sort of knows what I do but not really – kind of same thing. So like his – like when we I first met them, um, I was like – and this is always kind of an issue with whoever I date's family. I'm like, what are we going to tell them? Like, it's up to you what you want right. to tell him. It is you know up what to I mean? them. Like, because I don't care, but like, I don't know what your family's like. So he's like, well, I kind of just told your mom that like you shoot for Playboy and blah, blah, blah. That's always like the safe one, right? right. Yeah. You, probably, you use that <laughs> yeah. too. So it's a safe one. And it wasn't untrue. So his mom like still thinks that I, I like work for Playboy. I, she doesn't really ask me to be honest. Um, right. But People his dad it looked me up. Oh man. And totally knows what I do. Everything. And it's funny because he, he's clearly cool with it, but he'll bring it up whenever I go and like see that he'll bring it up in some sly kind of like way where he'll be like, like he'll just make some kind of little I joke like that. that's like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like I know what you do. Cause he said something along the lines of, yeah, I looked you up. You have a lot of like followers or something like that. I'm like, you looked me up, huh? And he's like, yeah, I looked you up. I'm like, so you know what I do. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it's just funny cause he'll like make these little like hee hee jokes. Yes. And like his mom's still kind of like just, I think she just like doesn't really want to know. Like as yeah. long as I'm good to her son, she doesn't care so much. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. It's like the same situation they don't. I remember, like, I, I thought, I thought the it. brothers and everybody already knew because he was bragging about me back when we first started hooking yeah. up. He t- told me about that. So I thought everybody knew it. And then when we were at the engagement party, some of, like, the fiancé's friends were like, oh, hey, I've heard a lot about you. And I was yeah. kind of like, same thing, like, wink, wink. Yeah, All right, nudge, cool. Nudge, wink, wink. Who yeah. cares, right? Yeah. It's cool because yeah. you guys are just getting to know who I am. And right. that doesn't really have anything to do with. I also always like, compare it to waitressing or bartending Yeah, when the way that, like, did you think I would like ser- go up to people and serve them food for free? Like, did you think like I? Do you think I really care what kind of appetizer you're gonna pick before your meal? Like, that just doesn't happen. So for someone to think that I am just this persona, like mm-hmm. that of the business that I run online, is right. Sort of strange and interesting to me. I I mean, you know. I'd also like to bring up the fact, just going back to what you said earlier about how he said that he. Exp- he respects all women. If he respected all women, wouldn't he respect the choices that you've made for yourself? A hundred percent. Here's what I gathered was that he comes from a family of conditional love. 
Mm. Yeah, that you makes know, sense. and then and then so a few weeks went by and I was not getting better. Mm-hmm. Different traumas were hitting me at different times. He's posting pictures with other women. I'm like like losing like not doing better. And mm-hmm. I'm a healthy person and I want to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So um I got a therapist through someone in the industry that's adult industry friendly. Mm. And I was like, this needs to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need a little guidance here because this is just not getting better. Right. So she's like, oh, you're having like two. So it's been great. I've been in therapy. It's been wonderful. Therapy's amazing. I, I never wanted to or like really needed to or really understood like meditation or anything like that. I was just kind of like, I just need like smoke a joint, watch an episode yeah. of Bob's Burgers, pretty much cured any yeah. bad day that I had. Right. And so, so, but the therapist was like, no, you're having like a normal, healthy person's reaction to trauma but you need to like own the trauma so i've spent like i could not have done this podcast in december Mm. last month for sure i was not ready i was definitely needed to i needed to heal properly Mm. and i think to heal from emotional trauma you need to spend time alone yes definitely yeah and that's gotta be i mean really spend time with yourself enjoy it get to know yourself like all over again because you're not going to be the same person you were before something like this happened yeah i mean you're gonna have trust issues now i would no assume. i'm not I, so? I have goals to come out of this heartbreak i have goals that not only am i not gonna like ha- develop any kind of weird trust issues because everybody's different and that comes naturally to me i don't I don't want to close myself off. It doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to keep going that way. Yeah. I will not close myself off. My goal is to come out of this like even more compassionate towards people, mm-hmm. you know, and even more loving. Because Have you tried to practice like kind of um, maybe try – no, I don't want to say like looking at it from his point of view, but trying to have oh, compassion definitely. for how he is basically not handling it well of and course. doesn't have – the right tools to be basically most definitely he's been in therapy his whole life and Mm -hmm. i remember so like when i was having the hardest time i was hitting up uh the mutual friend of ours that hooked us up kind of and she was talking to one of his best friends that is like his confidant Mm -hmm. this guy this friend of his was like tell tell Jaden if she wants to talk to me I'll talk to her mm-hmm. this guy is a hypocrite he consumes porn I can't believe he's doing this to her like this is ridiculous he's been in therapy his whole life he's financially dependent on his family's opinion I was like whoa wow. that connected a lot of dots I'm so ignorant for not seeing it but um I mean but you know you I guys should connect together for us. all that exactly. long and you didn't live even on the same coast, coast. I know how so could like, I have really put that together exactly I really couldn't have no. so and I was like you know I don't need to talk to one of his friends just yeah. to hear this information I got the message I just got to work on myself mm-hmm. and just sort of spend that time to myself the therapy's helping also I experiment I stopped smoking weed when I moved to Vegas last mm-hmm. summer basically like almost completely not not out of any, even trying I just happened to not go I mean the weed stores are everywhere in Vegas the parking lots are so much more pleasant to navigate than they were here in LA <laughs> I don't know how I'm not smoking weed in, in Vegas yeah. but you know I'm obsessed with my new house it's a first time I'm a first time homeowner so yeah. it's like you know I have other things that keep me Busy and fulfilled. So mm-hmm. the weed just kind of fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. However, during this time, I have experimented with <laughs> with mushrooms for fun. I've heard that people have said that that can be a very healing therapeutic oh, experience. If for you do it me, right. it is. It, 
you know, shrooms will open up, I believe, your pineal gland in some way. And mm-hmm. so it will open. You're going to face emotions that are could be buried deep. So if you have deep, un, unresolved trauma, you're right. gonna, that's going to come to the surface and you're right. going to be faced with them. Because, you know, when you brush shit under the rug, like he did throughout our relationship, yeah. it doesn't go away. No. It's actually downstairs in the basement of your soul doing push-ups, getting yeah. ready to come kick your ass yeah. when you least expect it. Yeah. And so I try not to brush anything under the rug. So I had to face it emotionally, like healing, be by yourself. Mm-hmm. So I've had fun with shrooms. In fact, our buddy Ryan Keeley and I, we went downtown LA. You know the spa, the Korean spa? Oh, yeah. The one with the lights and the co-ed area and the like food oh, and drinks? I've only been to the one that's not co-ed. Oh, God. Got to try the co-ed one. It's so fun. Maybe it was just the shrooms, but we had a great time. <laughs> It was so much fun. She's so fun. <laughs> she is. Ryan Keeley's amazing. I love her. But for this particular situation, like I had like a couple Sundays off where I would just take them to myself and like microdose and allow, not even microdose. Sometimes I just do a full dose. Yeah. Sometimes I intended to microdose and it ended up <laughs> miscalculating into a full dose. But it did, it really made me face it and sort of immediately made me realize like, hey, like I'm full of unconditional love. To be able to give the kind of pure unconditional love is a beautiful thing. And I'm wow. capable of turning it back around on myself yeah. and just remembering how much I enjoyed just being alone before this bozo came into the picture. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Flipped it all up. Well, I feel like this experience so is just wanna... another example of like what an incredibly whole, wonderful human being you are. And the way that you're you're dealing with all of this is really admirable yeah. um, and very healthy. And yeah, I want to come – like I said, my goal is to be a healthier, happier individual, more yeah. compassionate, more understanding, less frustrated. You're using it as like a positive building block for your life. Like you're learning from it and you're using it to kind of maybe deal with some – other issues that you hadn't looked at before and that's that's an incredible that's incredible i wish fucking i wish i dealt with shit Certain that way situations yeah. <laughs> that way definitely that's my goal and that's the benefit of spending time alone mm-hmm. for years and yeah. not rushing into dating or relationships or anything like that yeah. and really just kind of waiting for something <laughs> that could destroy you <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because that's the only way you do grow i'm never going to be the same person that i was before this trauma before right. i felt like people were you know pointing and whispering after getting to know me but mm-hmm. like that's what you got to do with it yeah that's why that's the ups and downs of life but the psychedelics definitely help in fact i did a podcast with a former wwe superstar ryback reeves recently Mm -hmm. which was great i got to talk a a little bit about this but it was with guys Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit of a different perspective right which is great i like all perspectives Mm -hmm. i'm open to constructive criticism always Mm -hmm. so i feel like it helps me a lot and i I feel like we shouldn't hide it from each other make it or be uncomfortable with constructive criticism yes and um, so it was great to talk to these guys about it. But I remember bringing up my favorite episode of Holly Rendell Unfiltered was the first episode with your parents. Yes. Because they're just my a favorite gr- one, too. Really? It's a great yeah. interview. And your mom was discussing microdosing. Yeah, my parents did microdosing before, like, it was cool. Anybody <laughs> before knew anyone was. in yeah. before the Silicon Valley even existed. Yeah, before it was a thing, before it was even called microdosing. I mean, it's fascinating how you can... Be, it can sober you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having fun in New Orleans during Halloween last year. Mm-hmm. 
with uh, some pretty conservative friends who just mm-hmm. like drink wine, and they were they were kind of like, "Oh, you're bringing your weed pen because we were yeah. all sitting around." I was like, "No big deal. I'll just put it. It's not a big deal. Like yeah. I'll put it away. It's not." But they were like, "Okay, so she's doing the shrooms." Uh, I'm like, "It's Friday night on Halloween weekend in New Orleans. Of yeah. course I am." Yeah. So I took a little bit. I had made these chocolates for myself, mm-hmm. and I took a couple. And they didn't do anything. Like an hour and 15 minutes later, I was drinking wine. And I'm like, I can't even get a buzz off of this fucking Pinot Noir. Like, yeah. what's going on? And then I was like, can we maybe maybe I'll go back to the hotel and get another one? They were kind of conservatives. They were like, mm, we don't really want you to do that. I was yeah. like, that's fine. No big deal. I'll just eat at Atiki, which is my favorite late night restaurant in New Orleans. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's this great Mediterranean restaurant in New Orleans I've that's open New- super New late. Uh, Which I really want to go. I know. Everyone tells me I would love it. The first time I went there was a week where I was kind of feeling like I might be getting sick. Mm. So I took it easy, did the daytime activities, stayed like didn't drink. So Mm -hmm. as uh, someone who doesn't drink, you're going to have just a great time there. Yeah. Seeing the sights and the history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah, not the the, Mardi (laughs) Gras party. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, the mushrooms have... Between the shrooms and like the um, working on myself and the therapy, it's been a really positive turnaround for me. So you've really like taken this and turned it into like a positive learning experience. You have to. Yeah. And nothing heals emotional wounds like helping others. And so in February, I have like... um, It's so crazy because I can't tell you like how much of what you're saying is literally like exactly what they talk about in 12-step programs. Is it really? Oh, Exactly. Like, exactly. And that was one thing, like, that the 12th step of, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is, uh, taking, you know, your, your experience, your healing and going and helping others. Oh, it helps so much. So that, that that's what, like, completes the triangle. You know, uh, um, but yeah, there's so many things that you've said. I'm just like, dude, is she, I'm like, is she in the program? I've only had, like, I know you're not in the program, but you're literally talking. And the thing is about the 12 steps is it can be applied to anything. There are so many, like, amazing things about it that it doesn't have to be about drinking. Right. Or drugs or anything like that. But it's just about like a really great way to live your life. I mean, I've never been like a spiritual or even religious or even spiritual person. Mm-hmm. But like over the past couple of months, I knew that I sort of needed to like do some reading about like how to how to co- deal with trauma constructively. Yeah. And so that's where it's kind of coming from because I've only had like three therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> you find a lot out of three therapy she sessions. Is, I'm she is incredibly impressive. Thank you. I think I was always capable of handling trauma in this way Yeah, is what it boils down yeah. to. But my therapist is also – she makes herself available on Voxer so that throughout the okay. day if I'm like going through something, I can always hit her up and oh, she will. Oh, that's really great. I know. It's been wonderful. It's amazing. But so a couple years ago in 2012 – my best civilian friend since I was like 18 has a daughter. She got diagnosed with a really, really rare form of cancer. Oh, God. Her 12-year-old was diagnosed with <laughs> – it's called chondrosarcoma ex- – mixoid chondrosarcoma of the soft tissue, which is basically a sp- crazy spine cancer. Yeah. And what was crazy was – so she was in the hospital, basically lived in the hospital for two years in the oh, children's God. hospital in um, – uh, God, there was only one – place in southern all of southern california that had this specific proton radiation therapy treatment that she needed to do so it started out she was going you know driving almost two hours one way Mm -hmm. every week to get this proton radiation therapy Mm -hmm. and i would go meet them Mm -hmm. because no one that my family and friends like before i got in the industry no one was really financially stable so these people weren't financially stable i was the only one in their life 
that had the time, the freedom, and the money to basically go help them and spend time with them. Right. So that took up my whole life. So dating was kind of out of the question from 2012 to now because I was sort of reeling from this, dealing with it, but also being the strong one. Mm -hmm. Because my role to them was to come in and sort of – help them kind of feel like we were just back to normal and just sitting on the couch and like like we're at home while they're yeah. in the hospital. No one else in their family could take eight hours off of work every Tuesday to go just spend time with them and make them feel normal. Right, right, right. So I saw a lot of stuff. And when she passed in 2014, we started a um, like a toy drive for the hospital because all the kids there – don't get to see their families. A lot of them are low-income families that just don't have the means to provide anything for the holidays. Right. So we would do a toy drive. And I know it's taboo to involve an adult industry person with anything to do with kids. So I was kind of cautious about it. Which... <laughs> I know it's so. I hard. mean, we're not fucking pedophiles, <laughs> right? Christ. No, definitely. But I know what you mean. Like it, it is. It's like you can't. And and on. On one hand, like, I get the idea. You don't want to mix the idea of, like, right. sex with children, obviously. But it's also, like, we're not monsters. <laughs> I mean, my friend and her husband, they've been together since they were, like, 15. And they're yeah. super they're huge hippies. Yeah. Like, all, like, straight up tells their kids what I do. And they don't, like, their, their kids aren't going to go do porn just because Aunt Meg, that's my real name, like, yeah. is doing it. Like, they're yeah. not interested. Yeah. What I do isn't cool, no right. matter what. We're old people to right. them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. So it's never been like a problem, but um, we did start that toy drive. And what I would do is just sort of tweet it out and Instagram it. And my fans, my wonderful fans, would go on Amazon and just buy a bunch of toys and have them send it to my P.O. box. And then what we would do is every day before Christmas Eve, we would just drop off the the kids' gifts Mm -hmm. in the big room and separate them by age groups so that they could just come in with their parents at their leisure on Christmas Day and pick whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Now, the last couple of years – to be honest, the family's just like, we don't want to do it again. We want, we're ready to start making new memories. We don't want every Christmas to just be about our lost child and cancer. Understood. And, you know, the first couple of years, I encouraged yeah. her to go to the old wing that we spent yeah. so much time at. And it was really hard. So I could see how they're just ready to move on. Right. So, but, and I totally respect that. So I'm starting to, in February, I have a gig in Louisville, mm-hmm. Kentucky. And they have something out there called the Shamrock Foundation, which is basically pairing like abandoned animals to good homes. And so I'm going to take February. It's Valentine's Day weekend. So you got to come show me some love, Kentucky. But Valentine's Day weekend, I'm going to take half my tips from whichever show I make more off of on Friday and Saturday night. And I'm going to donate it to the Shamrock Foundation and the ASPCA out there. Right. And the club owner is so on board with this. Right. So that helps. And I have a manager, too, that helps me manage like different websites and this kind of stuff. So that's what we're working towards is getting like a more regular thing like this going. Right. Because I never even – my tips are sort of like – like a cash savings, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I never yeah, yeah. spend them anyway. Right. I might as well give back to the communities awesome. that are like accepting me. That's you really know? great. So, um, so now you are living in Vegas. Yes. And what is that like for you compared to LA? Because I got to say, like, I have a very my opinion of Vegas. I don't know. I, whenever I go, I only go for like the AVN show, and oh, I only like stay on the same. strip, and I fucking hate it. That was my experience I hate too. It. It's just, Disgusting. Yeah. I was like, first of all, you make me drive through a meth lab. Hills have eyes for three <laughs> hours. You know, what's gonna what good could possibly come out of a place that was basically built for the mobs to dump bodies at? Right. You know? Right. It's just I I thought it was so trashy. But over the past year I started 
webcamming with girls that lived in Vegas. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this isn't a bad life. There's mm-hmm. more to, you know, it's not just so you were introduced 24 to, hour video poker at right. a gas station. So you were introduced to a different part of Vegas by going out to Vegas and, and working with other girls yes. at their homes. And so you saw how other people lived in Vegas besides like the people who live on the strip. Exactly. Right. Okay. Instead of just going into shoot or staying on the strip and right. doing like the whole, right, 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 you know, right. yeah. AVN, yeah, yeah. EDI awards. Like yeah. those were always really fun too. Right. But, um, yeah, doing, so I did some mushrooms, but I really want to do peyote. Yeah. If anyone out there has any kind Have of shaman. Have you ever thought about doing ayahuasca? Okay. I, there is no level of enlightenment that I need that causes me to be puking and shitting for 24 hours. <laughs> and I've heard that is what that. goes on. I knew you were And you're not that. allowed to be around your friends and like everyone's just on their, like, I don't need that level of enlightenment. <laughs> That's too much enlightenment for you. Dude, like, come on. Like, I just wanted a few hours. When I heard that, like, you wear all white and, like, what? shit yourself, I was like, what? Okay, apparently you don't necessarily shit yourself, but you have to shit a lot. So, what? Like, you shit. Uh, like, you don't I mean, you guess you could shit yourself, but it's not like everybody's just shit right. themselves. Like, yeah. there, like, there's toilets and, like, there's buckets to throw up in. But everyone I've spoken to who's done it says it's been an amazing experience. But right. it's not for me either. Yeah. the I mean, like, ayahuasca, uh, um, peyote, I heard, it fills you with a lot more compassion. Mm. Like, and that's always my goal is to just sort of, like, understand, like, how fulfilling it is to be a giving person right. than a taking person and yes. just sort of be conscious of other people's comfort level throughout all aspects of life. I remember I watched a documentary on on peyote and this Native American shaman set up a teepee and he's like, I want to share this with white people. Like, I'm, you're not my enemy. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I actually had done an experience of peyote where I ate so much, I actually found compassion for the Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's wow. the level I'm trying to get to. But it definitely doesn't – I don't want to be, like, out for a day or two. Like, yeah. I got shit to do. And, like, <laughs> I can take mo- – whatever I learned from mushrooms, I can take, yeah, you know, yeah. with me. But, right. yeah, no, Vegas is uh, – to me, it was just a different kind of trashy. Like, I'm from the beach in – Long Beach in Southern California mm-hmm. where it's, like, a specific type of trashy. Right. That I'm very – like, a sublime 90s kind of alternative trashy that right. I'm really – like, grew up with and I'm really comfortable with. Right. This is, like, 24-hour tweaker video poker. Trashy. Yeah. But, and- but yeah, going and seeing, like, how the other women were living in the industry, I was like, this is, like, totally – Great, and I want to buy my first house, so let's make it happen. My mom actually came out. Lord knows nobody can buy a house in fucking L.A. (laughs) My mom actually came out to Vegas for AVN. She's been with me for a couple of AVNs, actually, Mm -hmm. because that is the best part of my job, right? (laughs) It's the most glamorous. She loves it. She's single, has been for my dad since my my mid-20s, so Mm -hmm. she enjoys the hell out of it. She likes the attention. She just thinks it's so cool and fun so the next day our plan was to start looking for a new place and Mm -hmm. so we closed like in july and then i had a tenant living the tenant stayed there till august it's been wonderful wow so this is your first home i assume that you yes is it like do you feel so grown up now being like a homeowner no i kind of feel a little bit more like um like my wheels are spinning constantly like this is what i want to do here this is what i want to do here and uh, like i'll admit this guy that i was in the relationship with he helped me put this house together. Mm-hmm. So coming home from the trips like Exotica and be coming home and to an empty house and I don't have him. anyone to yeah. talk to. And that was a difficult adjustment. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
getting the fucking flight alerts that my flight to Costa Rica was taking off in 24 hours. That's heartbreaking. Oh. That's the worst. You're like, oh, yeah, that trip that I got dumped so I can't go on. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think ultimately now you need to go to Costa Rica either by yourself and have an amazing time or go like with a friend. Like yeah. you need to like readjust your yeah. um your experience with Costa Rica because you don't want it to always be associated with like that guy. You that's important because I had a I also had like not that I'm comparing Costa Rica to a planner, but I had this day planner that we filled out like together with like all his trips, like up until like New Year's Mm -hmm. that we were supposed to be like on each coast or whatever. And I was like, for about a month, I was like, I'm burning that planner. (laughs) And then, and then eventually I picked it up and I started writing in it and now it's my planner again. Yeah. Like that's a heal. That's like what I noticed. I'm healing. Like, don't try to like brush that shit under the rug and burn the planner. Right. Pick up the planner, face it, make see how you feel, and own it again. Yeah. So I'm owning my love because that's a beautiful thing to have unconditional love that you can give to someone else. Yes. He's not capable of that. No. And that's too bad. But it's not my problem. No, it's not. And you're gonna find somebody amazing because you are amazing. Uh, My pussy might be going back into hibernation off camera for a few more years, but yeah, like hopefully (laughs) that's the goal. Well, all (laughs) of this—I mean, all of this—is gonna be because you're gonna meet an amazing guy, and all of this that you've learned and everything that you've taken away from this is is gonna just make your next relationship work and it's going to make it so much stronger it's going to like you're going to look back on all of this and you're going to be like oh my god what the fuck and of you're, course. it's like you can never see it when you're in the moment like where it's going to lead you because you don't know where you're going but then when you finally reach that point and you look back you're like oh all of this had to happen for it to like for things to be the way they are now you're right 100 been my experience and my shame and embarrassment was truly come after doing the work and really learning no one can shame you but you no one can make you feel embarrassed but you right so when it was shocking and heartbreaking and i felt betrayed but my shame was coming more from the fact that i fucked the wrong guy it took me eight years just to fuck another horrible person you know i was like oh god that's what i was embarrassed about but when i started opening up to people and just sort of facing it and other people's response has always been like, don't be embarrassed. Everyone fucks the wrong guy at oh, one point. Oh, God, absolutely. I mean, everyone. Absolutely. And the same with guys. Like, fuck the wrong girl, too, yeah. or whatever. We yeah. all just, like, stumble into that. So it's a human thing. It's just, I, it, you know. It's a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really it's a journey. Is. And I'm enjoying the journey, enjoying each part every day that I wake up and I'm feeling better. Although, I will say, like, I've learned not every day is progressive, Mm -hmm. but you have to remember that better days are coming. Yeah. I think that's a really important lesson. Definitely. Well, I'm sorry for your loss and I'm sorry for everything that happened to you, but I'm I'm happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad to get on the show. glad that it brought you here and brought you on the show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming. I will come anytime. Let's get you home safe. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Oh, wait, before we go, uh-huh. tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Okay, on social media, on Twitter, I'm just at Jaden Cole, J-A-Y-D-E-N-C-O-L-E. On Instagram, I'm Jaden Cole with a number five. I haven't had five Instagram accounts, but I have been shut down a few times. So we're sticking to Jaden Cole 5. Jaden Cole 5. Okay. Yes. And then also in February 14th or 16th, I'll be – can I go over some dates real yes, quick? Yes, absolutely. In Louisville, Kentucky, because this comes out before Valentine's Day, right? Sure. Sure. And then – I think so. February 22nd, 23rd, I'll be at um, 
What was the one, the trophy club in South Carolina? What do I know? Because Stormy Daniels, it was the one guy, it was the club owner who defined the term Make America Horny Again tour. Oh, I have no idea. I know. you. I know. I know. Why would you know that? No idea. But like, it's just funny. I always think of that. Like, that's the club, the trophy club, February 22nd, 23rd. And then March 15th and 16th will be an expose in San Diego. And then April 11th through 12th. I'll be at Detroit Deja Vu. And then, no, Cheerleaders Philly in the following weekend will be at Detroit Deja Vu. But they can find all of this on your social yeah, media. Yeah, you'll too, find right? it on if Twitter. They're not, and like Instagram. writing it all down and everything. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Okay. If any of those cities ring a bell, I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go see her. She's amazing. And she, she deserves all your dollar bills. Dollar, dollar bills. Fun. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to drop me a line about this podcast, maybe suggest some upcoming guests or just give me some feedback in general, you can always email me, hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Well, if you've listened all the way up to this point, I'm going to assume you're probably a fan of the podcast or at least of this episode. So what I would appreciate more than anything is if you would rate and review my podcast, please give me five stars. I would so appreciate it. And also tell your friends about it. Um, word of mouth is a really powerful tool in getting podcasts up there in the charts. And if you want to financially support this podcast, which I would appreciate even more, um, you can go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. I have all kinds of cool tiers. You can watch these interviews live. You can watch the full-length podcast interviews, which I now only make available on my Patreon. You can get free mugs and shirts, join my private Snapchat, get signed prints from the girls. There's a lot of cool stuff that I give away. So thank you all so much for your support, and we will see you next week. <laughs>